Let's just pray together. We exalt your name, O God, our Father. You who has planned seasons and the times, you have gathered us in this day that we may exalt your name and give praise to the God who has created all things, to you who should receive the glory, honor, and the praise. We thank you because you are God who peoples and called us while they still room. And as we reflect on your weight, we pray that, O oh God, we may draw encouragement, our hearts that are prone to wander may be steered on course to reflect and give thanks in all occasions. As we reflect on this uh, assembly, we are thankful, O oh Lord, for the occasions and the times, thinking, O oh Lord, how you, you purpose this church to be. We think of the wake of the Sunday school, the Bible, uh, the, the, the Bible class that was meeting in the Riverside, which was a springboard for this church. We pray, and the main servants of God you used in various ways to the full establishment of this place. We are grateful that as we gather, some of us may not know the, the journey that uh, we have taken, but it's time to reflect and think back, even as we reflect over the third years. We pray that we'll be filled with joy. We pray that, oh God, it will be a moment of passing on the, uh, the baton. There is, we pray that will be a moment also of, uh, of uh, causing and stressing uh, that which we believe in as a local assembly. We are grateful for the years that you have given us as we have ministered to the church in Riverside and surrounding areas of uh, this side, and the many people who, by your grace, have come to the saving knowledge. And we are grateful for the, these blessings that we cannot take for granted. Yet in many of these, we had lapses, our, our failures, we have not done as we ought to have done. And, oh God, we pray where we have failed to be forgiven of our trespasses. But remember, oh God, you promised that you will be with us and therefore visit us afresh and renew our strength. Because this is our prayer that we make in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning. Uh, I was uh, assigned by, as we, well, let me say that we are beginning the a short series. Uh, these three weeks, we'll be looking at the, uh, as we commence a short series on prayer for the next three Sundays, to engage in the mood of prayer for the third plus years that of existence. And in this, we want to seek, to ask. Many of us have wondered over time, our prayers, are they being answered? Do we receive answers from God as we pray? There are many challenges perhaps over time. Others are fatigued uh, 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 over time and they are now even losing hope that our prayers are not uh, being heard.
But our purpose in the next three weeks or so, and the culmination in the uh, Thanksgiving anniversary for on the thirtieth, running from eighth to uh, eighth to eleventh, is to recollect and recall and seek again uh, the mind of God as an assembly that uh, we may be strengthened. Our hope and joy may be uh, 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 renewed. I invite you, therefore, brethren, uh, as we seek to answer the question we have, we have before us, does God still answer prayers in our days? Have we cried enough and the few that we can't pray anymore? The categorical answer to this rhetoric is in fact yes, because of his unchangeable nature. The Lord has shown in Isaiah that it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. And the favor in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 9 to 11, the Lord says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? On account of these two questions, why are our prayers not answered when we pray? I would want us to, our springboard is 2 Chronicles and chapter 7. We have a lot of passages to turn to, and I'll do, uh, we'll start from chapter 7. I would like to perhaps pick it from just 7 to 14. Uh, starting from one, when someone had finished Second Chronicles chapter two, chapter seven, verses one to fourteen, I will pick it from there. When someone had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how this fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground and on the pavement and they worshiped and they praised the Lord saying, for his good, for his mercy endures forever. Then the king and all the people of uh, offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God and the priests attended to their services. The Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, for his mercies endures forever. Whenever David offered praise by their ministry, 
The priests sounded the, the trumpets opposite them while all Israel stood. Furthermore, someone consecrated the middle of the court that was in the front of the house of the Lord. For the, there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat. At the time, at that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly for the, for the observed, they observed the dedication of the, the old, they, they observed the dedication of the altar. I beg your pardon. Uh, and for, they observed the dedication of, of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their, to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for, for Solomon and for his people Israel. That Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the, king, the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into the hearts, his heart to make in the house of the Lord and his own house. Verse 12, then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen the place for myself as the house of sacrifice. Uh, when I shut up heaven, there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or the pestilence among your people. The Lord says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal the land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified the house that my name may be there forever. We can stand there for now. <coughs> um, like I wish we have started, we are looking at the period uh, using a call to prayer. We are inviting the church to, to prayer, to renewal, to dedication of ourselves as we dedicate this building. On 7th June, 1992, this house in the afternoon of that day was dedicated into a house where we worship the Lord, where they will be teaching, and the uh, uh, baptism of the saints and the raising and the men into the kingdom of God which I believe in the last 32 years or so, we have done so by his grace. And therefore it's a reflection that we are calling 
that we need to look back and reflect on these uh, 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 thoughts as we, we, we are taking this account. We are given a narrative or in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 where the Lord responds to the prayer by Solomon in, in 2 Chronicles 6 verse 12. The Lord is, re, is responding to the prayer made by uh, Solomon in chapter 6 verse 12, verse, uh, starting from 19 to 42. I hope I can just uh, go through quickly. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. For Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits, uh, five cubits high, sorry, five, five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high and had it in the midst of the court, and stood out in, and knelt down on his knees, on his knees before all the assembly of Israel, and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God in heaven or on earth like you. You who keep your covenant and your covenant and the mess with your servants who walk before you with all your hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand, as it is that this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you have promised your, your servant David, my father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel. Only if your son take heed to their to their way, that they walk in my law as you have walked before me. And now, O Lord God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell in with men on earth? Behold, heaven and uh, behold, heaven and the heaven of heaven cannot contain you. How much less this temple? which I have built. You regard the prayer of your servant as supplication, uh, your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God. And listen to the cry and the prayers which your servant is praying before you, and that your eyes may be opened towards this temple, day and night, towards the place where you, you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes towards this place. And may you, 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 you hear the supplication of your servant uh, and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. 22. If anyone sins against a neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes to and takes an oath before you, your altar, in this temple, then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants, bringing retributions and uh, the wicked by bringing his way on his own head, and just find the righteous by giving him according to his 
to his righteousness. 26. Or if your people Israel are defeated before the enemy, because they have sinned against you, and they return and they confess your, your name, and they pray and they make supplication before you in the temple, then hear them from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land which you gave to them and their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, when, you, when they pray towards this place and they confess your name and they turn from their sin because you have afflicted you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive their sins of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which you should, they should walk and send rain on, on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. 28, when there is a famine in the land, pestilence or bright or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers when the, the enemies besiege them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is in, Whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief and spread out his, his burden and his own grief, his hands to the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give, give to everyone according to all, to all his ways whose heart you know, you know for, you, are, you alone know the hearts of the sons of men, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you have given, you give to their fathers. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country, for the sake of your great name and your might hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and they pray in this temple, when they hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all people on earth uh, may know the name and the fear, you may fear you as do your people Israel and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to battle against the enemies, when you send them and when you, they pray to you towards the city which you have chosen and the temple which have been built for your name, then hear them from, hear their prayer and their supplication and they maintain their cause. <coughs> When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and they deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to a land far away, yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive, and they repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and have committed wickedness. 
And when, when they return to you, you, with all their hearts and with all their soul in the land of their activity, activity, uh, captivity, where they have been carried away, and they pray towards their land which you, you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and towards the temple which I have built for your name. Then hear them from heaven, your dwelling place, the, the, their prayer and their supplication, and they maintain their cause and forgive you, your people who have sinned against you. Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the prayers made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let the priests, O Lord God, be closed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your, your anointed. Remember the message of your servant, David. I'm told it's recorded that this is the longest prayer in the, in the Bible. And the verse that we read in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, is the most common uh, verse in the whole Chronicles. And uh, for those of us who were around in the 1991, when we were campaigning or moving from UNIP, when the mouth party was being introduced, this court was very famous there. People, that is the hour or time we saw a number unsolicited prayers, and the people were willing to pray, especially those who were believers. They gathered at every corner to seek the mind of the Lord that they pray the, the election that were to be held that October would be peaceful. And the believers gave themselves, and it was not somebody to force you to, let's go for prayers. There was willingness of people who gathered to pray for peace for this country, making reference to this uh, kind of uh, this verse. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And the Lord answered us. There was peace in the land after that election. And we still have peace in this land after so many years thereafter. Again, another 30, 32 years or so, we are still enjoying this peace. So it shows, as I begin, to let you know as believers and those who are called by the name of the Lord, that you have a purpose, that you are like the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth. And when you, you pray, like someone was saying, hear them when they pray to you and answer them on the testimony of your word. And this is the promise that the, the Lord made, I'll hear them. And therefore, to us who are believers, we should be confined or be rejoiced in that we have a God of heaven who hears the prayers of the saints. But this God 
sometimes do not answer us as we respond, as we shall see, or as we have seen, or as we have, if you read the book of the Chronicles and the Kings, you will find the circumstances that these people kept on turning away from the God whom is their Lord, whom they cherished. And you will see the narrative of how Solomon brings it out, the main aspects of their failures. Solomon here has seen the building of the new temple and has dedicated with many sacrifices and dedicated the first seven days. But you see the total which is mentioned there, they were gathered for a sum total of 23 days, giving sacrifices, praising their Lord, and they were rejoiced and they were happy. But how many times do, are we happy even for two days to rejoice, to come and worship if you say, who spent 24 hours, like Ezra was doing, reading scriptures from morning to evening, standing, not seated. Will we do that? But we see here, they spent for uh, 21 days of sacrifice and dedication uh, to God. In verse 14, in answer to Solomon, since sincere and fervent prayer, God in particular attention gives them his blessings. The response of the prayer in chapter 6 are in chapter 7. Those who have believed in faith and have followed Jesus Christ should abandon living in sin and turn from the life-centered and yield to God's word and he will, he will bring us or bring us revival from heaven. Even this church will do that. It's not worthy to see the, the petitions of Solomon in this prayer. In the prayer of Solomon, he appeals to God to remember them. And the consequent, consequently, he pleaded for justice. He pleaded that God may respond to drought due to sin. We call it nowadays the climate change. But this is the we have destroyed the environment which God has given us. Now we have found new names. It's now climate change. Because the earth cannot sustain how the Lord has made it. Uh, we have seen it. He calls for the shielding of the people from disasters, as we see it from verse 34 to 35. And the prayer offered that the Lord may accommodate the foreigners that come to worship with them. That we see it in verses 32 and 33 of chapter 6. That in times of war, the Lord may also be on their side, giving them grace and strength. We see that in verse 35. And for prayer for being in captivity and in exile, which he brings in verses six verse nine. That is a life, and he has incorporated everything that was uh, thought of uh, uh, by Solomon. We note that Solomon in this prayer is appealing or appeals to the transcendence of God, transcendence of God, saying, "From heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayers and their pleas, and uphold their cause." As he says it in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 39, 
and, uh, and that your, ear, your eyes be open and ears be attentive to hear their prayers offered in this place. That is uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 40. We note that these were not babbling words that uh, uh, Solomon was making, but he was uh, pleading and attributing them and anchored his request on the attributes of God, stressing the, the nature and the, some of the unique qualities of God, like the uniqueness of God that he brings in verse 14, God's loving kindness that he still brings in verse 14, the transcendence or divine existence of God that he brings in verse 18, his infinity that he brings in verse 18, God's omnipresence that he also brings in verse 18, and God's justice in verse 23, his forgiveness, just uh, verses 25 and 27, and God's omnipresence, verse 30, his abounding grace, verse 33, and his abundant mercy, verses 38, 39. It was not just an ordinary prayer, but he was appealing to the attributes uh, of God, uh, of God as he was making this prayer. He was calling God by who he is and raising uh, uh, on anchors his prayer on who God is. Overall, the bigger picture we see from Solomon's prayer remains seeking forgiveness of God on his terms and the merits. Without God's forgiveness, Israel could not continue to exist. And besides, God's omnipotence, God, that is God's ability to do all things uh, of, that are objects of power, uh, and uh, his holiness is implied throughout the prayer too, as you have noted. He concludes this prayer by appealing to God, stressing three things that his prayer may be accepted to, may be accepted, or God may hear him, that he asks for, ask for grace and joy for the priests, those who serve God in the temple, and they appealed to God on the ground of the testimony of unchangeable nature regarding the promise to his father, David. As we have spoken, God responded to this request in two ways. First, corporately, because this was a, a, corporate, a corporate prayer. You see, you have heard that they, they arrived from Hamath to the border with Egypt uh, uh, in two ways. First, corporately during the ceremony, which is the day, and uniquely person, personal in the night. During the day, remarkable, God showed his acceptance through the fire that came down from heaven and they consumed the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord that filled the temple. It was evident for all to see that God had accepted this sacrifice and they rejoice. And during, uh, uh, during the day, remarkable showed his acceptance through the fire that came down from heaven and they consumed the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord that filled the temple. It was evident to all that the Lord had for sure 
accepted the sacrifices. The Lord had covenanted to hear and respond to their prayers his people would make in the temple, and secondly, that he would pardon, he would pardon them when they confess their sins. However, we note that the response was not a blank check, per se. The Lord spelled out the conditionality applicable to the pardon and raised four grounds on which he would hear the petition uh, that would be given by his people. The first one that if they humbled themselves when they come to him or as they come into the house, if they pray, if they seek God's face, if they turn away from wickedness, those were the grounds on which the Lord was, had given that you would hear them if they, are, uh, they align or follow those guidelines he had given. These were not new because we know that in other ways, the Lord was just restating or renewing his position to Israel because in, if you look in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the same are stated regarding blessings for obedience and the cases for disobedience. It's a full chapter outlining what would happen when the children follow the Lord, there will be blessings. And when they disobey him, there will be cases. So through Moses, the Lord outlined to the children of Israel what would happen if they depart from him and what would happen if they, they are with him. Now, brethren, what would be our understanding of the mirror that we are given of the fall for God's rest, uh, for restitution to God based on uh, on the four granted uh, grounds stated in verse fourteen, uh, which is uh, if they humble themselves, if they pray, if they seek God's face, if they turn away from the, their sins. What do we understand? What comes to your mind in all this? Uh, are they just words that the Lord is speaking? Let's look at one of them, each of these individually. As individuals and the corporate as a board of believers called Riverside Chapel, we need to decide to render praise to Almighty God as part of our humility in recognizing how great God is uh, and worship Him. Observing in this text how Solomon led to build an extravagant temple, the willingness of the people to offer incredible sacrifices of their material possession to God, 22,000 head of cattle, 120,000 sheep. Towards, this was made by Solomon, but the people also made their sacrifices uh, contribution, their sacrifice toward this activity for it to last those 23 days. The sacrifices showed their deep devotion and the willingness to spend and honor God above the, themselves. Do we sacrifice time? Do we sacrifice resources for the work of God? When we are called to come to the fore, there's an activity that requires you and each one of you and me. Do we sacrifice our resources? 
Do we sacrifice our time uh, for the work of God? They spent those 23 days to hold the celebration and the shows and the dedication of the temple. This humbleness was coupled with their desire to submit to God's will and leading. What does if they pray in this context mean? It means earnestly imploring or beseeching God, more like begging than just asking. Imploring means pleading. I think uh, state council, there are times where they are given that uh, the pleadings when a judgment have, uh, have been given. Now they bring the merits or some of the factors that to educate so that they can help lessen the burden. That's a pleading. That we need to, we come, we must come with the pleading or beseeching God. More like begging than just asking. God invites each one of us to come to him and politely, respectfully, in humility, solicit his help. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the invitation is extended to all, and the class says, come, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is assurance that God is giving when we open our hearts and desire that we to seek the Lord. He says, come. He has already extended his invitation to us that he will give us rest. In the third place, seek God's face. To seek here entails to try to get the privilege of an audience and being recognized. We are very familiar with our own laws here. You cannot just stand up to the, uh, today I'm going to see the Mwinerubemba, uh, or you are going to see Chitimukuru, or any of our kings. You have to make an appointment. You have to make an order appointment. You can't just go and say, Nifika, You must uh, to seek here entails to get the privilege of audience. You must be, who is this person? They have to do a background search. Is he coming in a good order, in good will, or what? They have to check who is this person. When they are satisfied, that's when you are permitted to come. Let him in. There are people who, who come and ask for an audience. Uh, they would, you return at the gate. You will not even see the, the head of state. You only see a policeman that the, the guard will tell you, you, you cannot come in. Chap, chapita So we need to seek God's face uh, uh, on those grounds. What about in the first place to turn away from wicked ways? This means repenting from ways that offend God. One of the challenges we face in the flesh is the flesh. How does the flesh manifest itself and become a stumbling block in our faith and work as believers? The Bible answer provides this. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealous outbursts of anger, 
dispute, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this, of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the scripture says. We must turn away from these things so that we may find grace uh, in the hour of need. Further, the scripture admonishes us again that if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if, you, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The children of Israel were abandoned when they lived in sin. But when they cried and sought forgiveness from their Lord, they were restored and forgiven of their trespasses. In the new dispensation, turning from wickedness means repentance. We need to repent. It's not a matter of just coming. Have you turned away from your sins? You, have, you cannot see God. You cannot have a relationship with God if we, do, we, we cherish sins on our hearts. Uh, in Christ, where you, you and me find the right clothing to cover our sins, as scripture in Galatians 3, 26 to 27 states, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have crossed yourself with Christ. In Christ is where we find the privilege of coming confidently into God's presence to ask for his help in the hour of need. If we don't have Christ, then we can pray, and our prayer do not rise above the mouth. They end up there. That prayer where I said, when they ask, ask, and I'll answer, it will not be heard. Because we are tainted. We need to come with clean hands. And that clean, our clean hands can only be attained through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The moment we realize that without God we cannot, we cannot do anything, we can convert our energies to appreciate him and realize that we don't deserve all these things. Sometimes we boast and say, I have done all these things. But we forget that God has given us the ability to, to live. The gifts and the talents that you have, you don't even attribute them to God. We don't see the hour when all things are going well. But we need to, to acknowledge that uh, in all these things, uh, that they are our blessings and not our rights. Whatever you have, Matroni, MC, or you have an engineer, or whatever we may have, God has given each one of us a way, a position, a way of getting our way of life. And in all the things, 
we need to turn around. The profession that God has given us is not in our wisdom. Have you realized that sometimes you are in a, in a class with some people and you have, your results are not even better than the, the other people, you find that you start employing the people who pass better than you. Have you seen that? You'll be surprised because I was with one of my friends who were with me at Mpika Boys. He did better than me and uh, he came for interviews and I was chairing. I was running with thoughts. Now this guy did better than me and now I'm, inter I'm interviewing him. You look now the realization that you have been put in a position. Not that you are, you are gifted. There are many good people who are out there. It's a, a blessing that God has given us. Each time where we are, we should not boast. We should thank God that at least he has given us something and at least we can do something and therefore it's a privilege and not a right. The building of house at Riverside Chapel, as, was, as I said, was dedicated to God and to his glory on 7th June 1992 for the following. For the worship of God, teaching and the guiding of the youth. That's what the dedication statement read. For the solemnizing of Christian marriage and the blessing of the same. For the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of, the, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is incarnate, crucified, risen, exalted, and for the celebration of the gospel sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Over the years, we have fulfilled by his grace to meet and attend to these items that are listed here. And therefore, that's why we need to go back and uh, rejoice for the favor that the Lord has. We are existing not because we are able to, but the grace that the Lord has given us. Speaking to one of the first elders here, uh, Elder Nyanguru last Sunday, we briefly had a church visited us and we are talking of their service where they are. He says churches are dying. And he said in his neighborhood, one church closed. And the people where the church was closed, they came to join their church. And the numbers have increased. And when we see it like this, we think it will, have, will always roam, rosy. Let's pray that the seasons for dryness may not come into us, but continue to work hard as a people who labored from the very existence of this church. They were, I mean, the Bible study was meeting at the Nerendas. The Sunday school was coming to Valleyview, and the two formed the springboard from which this church now today exists from. They were committed students who came from the uh, CBO, a list of and a couple of names of them who desired, who labored. And when the time came to build this church, we didn't build the uh, hire a contractor. We hired the laborers of uh, the young men around here. 
The people provided meals every day from house group to house group. Although Ed Allen from M and M was involved in the construction, we did not pay for that. The materials and labors were coming from the brethren. What will be your contribution? When we see this, we think that it was all Spain. There was involvement, there was prayer, there was dedication. And we are appealing to you, each one of you, consider, reflect, look back on the sacrifices these people made. They, it was not easy. They involved their time and their effort to have what we have today as a church. If they didn't do that, we would, would not be here. I'm grateful and also remember the efforts of our ever students, particularly from CBU, how they have been involved in the ministry, the dedication uh, uh, of the YP over the years. There are times when it has slumped. We have a season of other students who come and they are really committed. Every call, they are there. And this has helped uh, us over the years. And we have seen, wherever they have gone, they are standing. They have continued to, to be the messengers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has indeed absolutely answered us, though not like in the case of Solomon. We had no fire that filled the, this place. But we know that he has answered us because we can see the works and the promises that he has said uh, in our presence. Since inception, we have witnessed the salvation of souls and the number of those who have believed being baptized. We have continued to share the Lord's Supper as fellowship of God's people in commands to the scripture. We have enjoyed to reflect on this commitment. We can look back despite our main challenges we have faced as an assembly. The bigger picture is that we can still count on many blessings. Here is, here is a call extended to all that love the Lord to share in the celebration of the Riverside Chapel 30 plus years. We may ask questions such as, is it necessary? I know that some people are asking, is it necessary? What is the value of such an exercise? Our answer is twofold. For the encouragement of the saints, that you may be encouraged as you hear. I was speaking to one of the people who was involved, was saying, I long for those days. There was many revival. I don't see the zeal that I saw that time. And that was Reverend Mirenda. Was very, very could be, as if we were speaking later. I was reading just a text. I could feel the him speak, uh, uh, and that is the joy that it brings. I've spoken to a number of people, and each one of them, as they they reflect back, they say God was with us. Will we say the same? We will rejoice with them as we reflect on these 30 years. 
for the encouragement of the sense and the passing on the burden of to the next generation. You will realize that a number of people who were at the beginning, we can count a few of the people who were from the very beginning. Right now, Auntie Lavnes, Ankungwata, the Nirendas, will be the earliest people who we can count. Among us all, we are new. We are not there. But we need this reason to continue, to feel, to feel it. So we are passing on the button. The new generation, they must know that there is work. There is work for Jesus. Get involved. If you deny him or go away, the cases that are mentioned will come. Abide with him, the blessing will be with you. And that is what we are being taught. Churches today are facing declining attendance and the lack of interest in organized church meetings. Therefore, an opportunity a church can find to celebrate and encourage the body of Christ is welcomed. We need it. Let's rejoice. It's a milestone. We need to encourage and uh, and when we say, this far, the Lord has read us, we rejoice because we can see. As the author of the Hebrews have said, it's time to celebrate our milestones achieved this far. As, you, as we quote, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. In another context, it's another opportunity for us to give thanks, but we need each member's participation. The Israelites were eager to participate in the dedication of the temple Hence, they are lavish sacrifices. Let's join hands again for the Lord to respond to prayers that will be made in this house. That our spirits may be renewed to save you aright once again in the congregation of your people. We renew therefore our commitment to trust on him. We can only rejoice and acclaim with the sound this, uh, with the psalmist in Psalm 115. Not unto us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. The glory must be to the Lord, not to us. What should, we be, what should be the outcome of our obedience? As I come to conclusion, our hearts should be filled with holy or and the reverence of the divine glory, the heart to which God manifests himself in greatness of the acts of mercy and the kindness bestowed upon us as a congregation. Having received this favor, we therefore should earnestly enlarge our hearts to, for his service. We need to consider thanksgiving as a spiritual discipline by all redeemed people of God, as expressed in Psalm 34. Thanksgiving to God is an important aspect for the following reason. 
Our God deserves to be acknowledged and given thanks. God deserves thanks because he created all things. As we see it in Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive the glory, honor, power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and they were created. We exist because God chose it to be so. And finally, God needs to be acknowledged because he saved us from our sins. I pray, as we shall be focusing on these four things, these three weeks, that our hearts may be attuned aright before God, that all of us might find space, and when we call, we are just servants of the Lord. All of us have got a ministry. Each one of us, excuse me, <clears throat> should come in and fill your space. We are a body, and each one of you has got a task that the Lord has given you. May it be that at the end of this, as we call and look back in the 30 years, we rejoice and uh, turn and say, Ebenezer, thus far the Lord has led us. That is the ultimate we are seeking, that we may glorify and praise the Lord for his mercies which endures forever. May his name be glorified and blessed. Amen. Thank you, my bishop. In church, that is the word of God that has come to us in this day. For in him we live in movement.